previously on The Last Show. Hey, I love the real spook hours. It was the highlight of my week. And I always genuinely believed the things we talked about. <laughs> like when you said we were going to interview the Dover Demon. Look at me in the eyes and tell me you 100% believe that we would. I wonder how the British monarchy fared. Very well, considering they are aliens. No, I thought we agreed they were big feet. Alien big feet. Big feet being the plural of Bigfoot for anyone who didn't listen to Real Spook Hours on WSBKU. Uh, oh god, that was you guys? God, I miss Real Spook Hours. You, you listened? listened? Marion and I listened religiously. I thought it was stupid. And you thought right. Hey! You are listening to Real Spook Hours. Only on WSBKU. listening to Real Spook Hours on WSBKU. And if for some reason you feel like changing the way you're tuned in, you can also hear us at 88.4 FM, 693 AM, KU Cable Channel 6, or the iPhone app. Android is still down. Sorry. We are going to be continuing our look into our local spooks with Lynn, Massachusetts. Lynn, Lynn, city of sin. You never come out the way you came in. Ooh. <laughs> it's a poem. Two lines? I don't know the rest. My dad only ever told me the first two. Uh, we definitely came out the way we came in. As always, we have visited Lynn, so we give accurate, spooky travel recommendations. We took the commuter rail out there yesterday. So how'd you like Lynn? Good diners. And the city? Uh, what, what do you want me to say? I eat a good omelet, and that's all I can think about all day. Well, this is the last time we eat on a field trip. But I, I require nutrients. Get a protein bar. After visiting the diner, we went to see some ghosts. Uh, Danny said she'd found an exhibit that, about them. Uh, ghosts of Lynn, was it? I'm sorry. Uh, Danny misread the website, everybody. The headline said Ghosts of Lynn. We accidentally ended up visiting this exhibit called The Ghosts of WFNX. Got some good radio history Do in it, actually. Do you have to broadcast my shame to the world? Danny, you know WSBKU barely makes it to the North End. Yeah, but my family's listening from Mexico on the station app. That's my world. Why don't you tell your world about the exhibit you took us to? We saw some nice photos of rock stars. It was great. Iggy Pop looked terrible. Don't do heroin, kids. See, I didn't realize they weren't necessarily ghosts. He did not. I thought they were some very good photos of spectral rock stars. <laughs> you looked up the Mighty Mighty Boston's to find out when they died. Imagine my surprise when Danny explained things. All right, so can we move on now? To that godforsaken cave? It was fine. Danny, you know that I'm claustrophobic. Claustrophobic. Please don't. It was lonely in there. It was just me, myself, some rocks. Please don't describe the cave to me. Oh, fine. Okay, fine. Do you want to talk about the lore? Can you say it? You can't even be in psychological proximity to the cave? It's my only weakness. All of my siblings have one. Brothers scared of spiders, sisters scared of squirrels, and I'm afraid of caves. It's the only thing holding me back. I'll keep that in mind for when I have to kill one of you for starting the apocalypse. I would never. I want to rule the world, not end it, Danny. You are absolutely the kind of person who would hit the big red button by accident. I'd never have the chance. Uh, tell the listeners about the stupid cave. I'm unplugging my headphones. Okay, I'll wait. 
I'm actually not going to tell you about the cave just yet. First, I want to tell you guys about the time Clay ate pizza from the trash can during a radio meeting last year. And right now, Clay's not here to tell you that it was really in the compost bin, and that the pizza was in the box and hadn't touched any of the compost. But everyone who was there saw him reach way into the bin and pull out a tiny leftover slice with a bite out of it. He's also not here to say that there was no bite out of it, but everyone saw it. You can ask our station manager and the 23 other witnesses there that day. Danny, are you done yet? Not yet. Anyways, cave. Uh, it was big, it was dark, and I was only in it for five minutes before Clay shouted in, Hey Danny, I'm lonely. I'm near a cave and I'm sad. So, being the greatest best friend that I am, I left. And now, as promised, here's the lore. According to Atlas Obscura, in 1852, a spiritualist named Hiron Marble bought it because he was supposedly received ghostly psychic messages from the pirate Thomas Veal. Hiram and his son dug the cave with dynamite tools and a whole bucket load of crazy. They dug and dug and eventually realized that the real treasure was the friends they made along the way. The end. Danny, are you done with the cave yet? Not yet! Uh, before Clay gets back on the air, I'd love it if any of you loyal listeners would call in at 617-555-9670 and ominously tell Clay that you know about the pizza story. I did. I'm done. I return! Can we talk about the graveyard? You know I love a good burial ground. Pine Grove Cemetery is apparently one of the largest cemeteries in the country, and it boasts the second largest continuous stone wall in the world. Three guesses as to who is the first biggest. Call us at 617-555-9670 and you can win a pin with our faces on it. It's a really ugly picture. It's unique! Hey Danny, how do you catch a unique rabbit? How? Unique up on it. How do you catch a tame rabbit? Don't. Tame way. Unique up on it. So, um, famous people interred in the Pine Grove include John Adams. Not that John Adams. Benjamin Franklin. Falls, so not that Benny Franks. He's buried in Boston, and according to our Ghost Box conversation, he's angry about that. And Lydia Pinkham. Exactly the one you're thinking of. And who should they be thinking of? Ah, uh, well, see, good old Lily the Pink was a Quaker woman who sold Lydia E. Pinkham's vegetable compound. It was supposed to cure women's problems. The original formula included unicorn root, life root, black cohosh, pleurisy root, fenugreek seed, and 80% good old drinking alcohol. Sounds like that could cure some women's problems. A real spook artist does not condone self-medicating with alcohol. Clay, do they still sell it? Actually, they do. Had <gasps> to change the formula a little when that pesky FDA appeared, though. Um, they exchanged the alcohol for some dandelion, unfortunately. But hey, if any of you out there are suffering some good old uh, feminine hysteria, just drink some of this. You've said good old about three times now. Well, what can I say? I'm in a good old mood. Oh. Elihu Thompson is also buried there. Who? Elihu, prolific inventor and one of the founders of the company that would become General Electric. Mm. Also was acting president of MIT for three years. Hey, Danny, what would you do as acting president of MIT for three years? Uh, definitely put another fire truck on the dome. I'm sure that's within the president's power. What would you do? I'd try to buy out KU. You wouldn't. Where's your Frenchy spirit? We have the worst mascot. No way a French bulldog could beat a mountain hawk. Hey, I have a French bulldog at home, and she could kick a mountain hawk's butt. She got tired climbing stairs. In Nina's defense, she was climbing them real fast. They can kill a 14-pound raccoon dog. Nina's not that big. Nina's bigger than that. She's... Okay, actually, I'm not sure. I'm going to text my mom and ask. And while she does that, I think it's time for our segments. Ooh, what about the hill? It's a good thing to end the show on. Lots of drama. So, I'll start us off with our sleeper agent of the week. This week's sleeper agent is my acquaintance, Tony. You're friends with Tony Adelaide? I said acquaintance. And how do you know it's that Tony? 
Let's see, for the past week, every time wait, I walk wait, past... Wait, wait, wait. My mom just replied. Nina is 24 pounds now, so you could say I'm a proud Frenchie. And my other dog, Molly, is 20 pounds, so even a sleepy 11-year-old pug is safe from a stupid mountain hawk. Every time I walk past the common room, Tony is there staring at his laptop. I don't know what he's doing, but... He's watching anime. I know it. He's been binging No Game, No Life in class. He's been there for the last five days. I'd be worried if he didn't seem so powerful doing it. His gaze on that screen could melt a weaker man. Like, like me. You. Hey, Clay. Do you know what time it is? Did you spot a spook? No, but a listener sure did. It's time for our spook spotted spot. Bipster628 at ku.edu sent us a thrilling account of what happened when they went up to see their family in Dover. The Dover Demon! Don't spoil it. I love the Dover Demon, Danny. Well, so does Bibster. You really Dovered into that story. Anyways, they were driving home from a night out with friends, and their buddy suddenly saw something rush by in the rearview mirror, and suddenly their car jerked forward. They pulled over on the side of the road. Rookie mistake. Don't victim shame Bibster. Then what did they do? So they pulled over on the side of the road, kind of expecting to see some roadkill, but there was nothing there. After a brief search by phone flashlight, they decided to get back in the car and be on their way. But then, after a minute or so of silent driving, they saw it. The Dover Demon! The Dover Demon, sitting in the back seat, eyes glowing, fingers long, and head bulbous. The car screeched to a stop, and they turned. And there was no one there. God, I wish that were me. Can you imagine being blessed like that? Danny, we should do an interview. Of the Dover Demons? Yes! I bet it has interesting takes. I'm gonna go to the next segment now. Campus Crime Logs? Campus Crime Logs. First of all, we got a suspicious vehicle in front of Joe Bean Coffee. A silver vehicle was reported honking its horn for several minutes in front of 957 Commonwealth Avenue at 1.18 a.m. on March 29th. The driver was attempting to locate a friend, and another friend arrived to assist. KU cops were also called in regarding free hugs advertised on signage. Three students were reported holding a sign that read, A Free Hugs, near the chapel on Monday at 3.07 p.m. Wait, that's a crime? You heard it here first, folks. In our capitalist world, the only hugs allowed are taxable hugs. <gasps> oh, we have a listener calling in! Hello! You're on the air for real spook hours. Please don't say bad words. We've got one strike left, Danny. I'm sorry. Hey, Clay. I know about the pizza. Danny, how could you? When? <laughs> Everyone knows your secrets. Your legend lives on. Danny told us while you were disconnected. No! Sorry, Danny. I'm a claimer at heart. <gasps> yes! I told you that claimers would catch on. Listener, you'd better give me a good reason not to kick you off the air right now. Don't listen to that, party pooper. What's mm. your name, listener? Marion. My friend Ellie and I listen all the time. Is Ellie also a claimer? Honestly, I think you need to come up with a name for fans of Danny. Uh, he will not. I actually called in because I have a spooky story myself. Does it involve the Dover Demon? I'm sorry. Well, please share. Well, my childhood home was deeply haunted. Deeply, you say? Highly haunted? We appreciate alliteration on real spook hours. Oh, I know. I'm an English major and I too adore alliterative accomplishment. Wow. So you were saying? Yeah, so I grew up in a very big, very mysterious house in upstate New York. It was definitely older than the Declaration of Independence. I could tell the temperature by how loud the creaking was, and we had a very unpleasant ghost. Dun, dun, dun! We moved in around the 3rd of March. That's really specific. Everything was normal until the 27th. Around 3 a.m., I heard a crash. I woke up to the breeze coming in through a newly shattered window in my room. My family was horrified. I slept in my parents' room for a few weeks, and we fixed the window as soon as we could. Come the next month, though, it happened again. 3 a.m. on the dot, the window shattered. 
My dad got us an alarm, but it didn't catch anyone the next time. I refused to give up my room, but we decided to stop fixing the window. We taped a big piece of cardboard to cover up the hole and left it at that. Whatever was breaking it, though, didn't like that. 3 a.m. the 27th, I woke up to shattering glass, a gash torn through the cardboard, and shards on the ground inside my room. No other windows had been broken. Oh, I hate that. Did it ever stop? Well, one month I had the idea to buy a cheap used mug at the thrift store. I put it on the windowsill and ta-da, the cardboard was untouched. The mug was pulverized. Eventually, we fixed the glass. As long as we kept up the mugs, it seemed happy. Sounds like you have a ghost friend. Hey, did you try getting rid of it? Or at least, like, warding it off? So, like, you know, saging the room or drawing a salt line across the windowsill? Nah, didn't want to make any enemies. Understandable. I do not trust it. That doesn't sound like the kind of spirit I'd be inviting into my home for Dia de los Muertos. That's a malevolent spirit right there. Marion, do you want to come on the show? You sound like a real expert. Oh, am I being replaced now? I said expert, Danny. Don't worry. <laughs> Marion, can you hang up? I'm trying to study. I have to go. My roommate's annoyed that I've spent so much time talking. It was nice meeting you. Colin again. Is it time for the Hild? High time. Why? Danny, we told the programming director that there would be puns on this show. I'm not about to disappoint. So, our last stop in Lynn was the High Rock Tower Park. It's a park on a hill with a gorgeous view of the town and the ocean. On the summit of this hill is High Rock Tower, a red brick tower with spooky windows and an even spookier history. During the mid-1800s, a man named John Murray Spear came here with a mission. After a good run with the abolitionists, he decided to ride the wave of emerging spiritualism and become a medium with the help of his daughter, Sophronia. That's a fun name. Together, they contacted the spirits of what Spear started calling the Association of Electricizers. Dope name. This group of ghosts was full of big names in the afterlife, such as Benjamin Franklin. Yes, that Benjamin Franklin. From the ghosts in a crusade to Rochester, Spear found out his real calling. He was to build the new messiah. He went to Lynn, where some of his followers owned High Rock Tower. They built this machine bit by bit, led by spiritualist leaders and a mysterious woman referred to only as the New Mary. Building this new messiah would take nine months, during which Spear would continue to receive revealments from his ghostly friends. They gave the machine a body with limbs, lungs, and even a mechanical brain. Spear would go into deep trances to link himself to the machine, which witnesses say would connect it to him via bright stream of light. Soon after, the new Mary went into labor. On June 29th, 1854, the new messiah, heaven's last gift to man, art of all arts, science of all sciences, the new motive engine, began to move. The NME for short. Ooh, the enemy. That's dramatic. That stuff got some pizzazz to it. <laughs> so what happened to it, Danny? So according to Spear, it required a more nourishing environment. I think he was just trying to get it away from the other spiritualist critics. They weren't exactly impressed with what he'd done. So he took it apart and took it to a shed in Randolph, New York. There, an angry mob stormed the castle and tore it to pieces. That's what Spear says, right? There's not evidence of that happening. No stories in any newspapers, not even any proof that the enemy even left Lynn. Personally, I think it's still there, waiting for someone to wake it up. We just walked up the hill, panted a little, then walked back down. The climb was not worth it. Nice views, though. So, Danny, how many spooky stars out of ten are we giving Lynn? Four? I was going to say seven. You've never given anything below a six. I feel bad. Ghosts work hard. Is it because you're scared of getting cursed? Oh, I'm not scared of that. I just want to make sure the ghosts feel like their work is appreciated. Okay, our airtime is running out, Clay. It was nice talking with everyone. Remember to talk to every ghost you see. Don't do that. Flirt with every ghost you see. I can support that. This was Real Spook Hours on WSBKU. Goodbye!
The Last Show is written and produced by Clay McDermott and Danny Roa. Editing by Danny Roa. The voice of Clay is Clay McDermott. The voice of Danny is Danny Roa. The voice of Marion is Meg Bywater. The voice of the Knight is Caden Seeger. Music on The Last Show is composed by Danny Roa. Find the soundtrack on SoundCloud at soundcloud.com slash lastshowpodcast. Follow us on social media at lastshowpodcast on Twitter and Instagram. This podcast is affiliated with WTBU. Episodes come out every two weeks on Anchor or wherever you listen to podcasts. Want more WTBU content? Go to WTBUradio.org and click on Podcast to see the latest offerings. Or click on Livestream to check out WTBU's radio shows, broadcasted live 20 hours a day, every day.